your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. Hey, welcome to Lacrosse Talk PM on a Monday, a post Oktoberfest Monday. I've got John Robinson in here. He's a business professor at Viterbo, he's an associate professor of business. You guys are all associate professors. Why is that? Oh, well, you start as an assistant and sort of work your way up. It's an interesting sort of thing. It's instead of being senior vice president, you know, instead of getting a grander title, you just start as like not quite the real person. And when you finally arrive, then you have just professor. Now, who's the top? Who would be the top dog in the at Viterbo in terms of the business world? Ooh, I guess if you're a full professor like Rochelle Brooks, then you're you know the highest on the academic side. But then you know we have a president and vice presidents of finance and that sort of thing too. But do you have the czar of finance then as well? Because <laughs> we always we like to use the term czar. We throw czar around here maybe too loosely. Uh, we have a parking czar. Well, we don't have a parking czar on the cross anymore. But um, and then you're you have a Viterbo has its own czar, but he would just be called the president. Here, no, it's a she, isn't it? Now uh, the president of Viterbo. But um, I have I have you in here. I want to talk about. Let's see. How do I put this? The 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 easy way to to put it would be just inflation, right? Sure. Is there another way to? Or or in my in my world, corporate greed. That's what I call it. <laughs> um, but before we get into that, it, because you're an associate professor of business, and uh, just a little bit of history, you're a Central High School 1998 graduate. So do you want to get into the school referendum, or do you want to stay clear Ooh, of that? Because <laughs> you. <laughs> You, I think in one world, you would retain your high school if the referendum doesn't pass. It sounds like there was this way where we're just everybody's just going to go to Central. But I think either way, you lose your mascot, although they just changed the mascot, didn't they? They did. Um, you would retain your high school. But would you like it? Ha, ha, Logan will be gone. We finally win. I don't know. if that, That's <laughs> probably not how you feel about that, but. Um, I don't want to put you on the spot on there unless you want to go there. But uh, you're an Arizona State, uh, like advanced degree there, Arizona State. So you ended up from lacrosse. You ended up, I'm going to go west. That's the smart thing to do. It's warm out there. Why would I stay here? But then you came back. What was it? What's your problem, John? Ooh, good question. Yeah, I had a little brother who was, I mean, I'm 20 years older than he was. So I wanted to see him sing in the show choir. And, oh, it just was the perfect time with the job market. So came back home. And I have a Northern California bride. And. Uh, yeah, two years here, she sold. So there's a lot less traffic in the cross than there is in San Francisco. So. Right. Okay, yeah, I would say just a little bit less traffic. It is funny, you know, doing this show, we'll, we can complain about traffic in the cross, the cross traffic. I'll do a whole, I'll do a whole week on roundabouts and, uh, you know, the, the putting in of roundabouts and the extra maybe five, six minutes you have to wait at that light on the south side or something. Um, but I always, in the, internally, I'm always laughing because if I have to go to Minneapolis or Milwaukee or something like that, I'd be like, oh, we don't even know. Some people don't even know the traffic. <laughs> oh, I go through the brand new one on Alaska just by the quick trip near Main Street. And yep. that's, that's I look at those people in the eye every time I make that protected left because you're not stopping. I better quick. Yeah, the the, the roundabout situation and the, the inability for some people to navigate the roundabouts is – both comical and road ragey. Like you sit behind him and you're like, oh, what are you doing? And then you find yourself almost getting in an accident because you're the one that didn't uh, take the precautions. Not you per se, but in general. Um, all right. So business professor, associate of business, associate professor of business at Viterbo. Who's taking your class and what, uh, what do they aspire to be when they graduate from Viterbo? 
Yeah. Is there, this, I mean, that's it's know, probably a pretty broad question, right? Pretty broad it, answer, I should say. It's you sure. I mean, gosh, it's basically anybody that is grabbing one of our you know many business programs, marketing, management, finance, um, accounting, all of those uh, different courses of study. I'll take uh, a finance course and two economics courses. So you think any any career someone would do if they want to be in professional selling, if you want to write ad copy. Uh, if you want to be a trader on Wall Street, I mean, all of those avenues are, you know, you're going to route through a core business curriculum. So, so somebody taking your class, graduating with Turbo with a BBA, right? A Bachelor of Business Administration. Mm-hmm. They'll go work upstairs here at the sales department uh, and write some some copy ads. That's yeah, and write do a bunch of cold calls trying to close ad accounts and and I know that's the top of the business world right there. But if uh, another route, if I like this is the dream job for somebody that's getting into getting a business degree besides being a a salesperson at Midwest Family and b being a Viterbo associate professor. Uh, what's the next? ringing the, at the top of the ladder there for, you know, this is the dream job in, in the business world. Oh, man, how about uh, being on the design team that helped do the court for the Milwaukee Bucks? We had a alum work on that. Oh, and, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, um, how is that a business person? Like, how does that work? Like, well, you start in marketing, and then you work in season ticket sales, and then they see, you know, see you're good at it and work up, move up in the orcs. Because so. I'm thinking, like, blueprints for the Pfizer Forum, but you're thinking, like, this is why – this is what we need around this place. Or it was the, you know the logos and stuff like you know get the brand identity and okay the, yeah. So they had they have a little bit of a graphic design correct ex- expertise there as well, uh, but that's that seems different to me like graphic design versus business right like but I mean the easy thing would be like you talk about the bucks would just be the guy that owns the bucks right he's probably like top of the world business <laughs> degree guy right. Uh, we had one of those guys' sons run for senator, state, uh, no, U.S. senator here in Wisconsin. I had him on the show, um, but that is kind of one of the things I want to get to is these guys, the the billionaires, you know, versus uh, people like me and you. And when it comes to inflation, rising prices, uh, what else do we got? Um, a recession, a potential recession. So, th- so th- those are some of the things I want to have John explain to me. Uh, John Robinson, associate professor at Viterbo, when we come back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. John Robinson is in here with me. He's an associate professor of business at Viterbo University here in town. Uh, we're just going to talk about Central High School things because he's a 1998 Central grad. You're, you graduate one year after me, John. Oh, okay. Uh, but I'm a Hortonville grad. Um, all right, so no, really, we want to talk about, and I just, I, 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 Sum this up in four key phrases. So you maybe we just need to get to the, the definition of these things. The economy, inflation, recession, and I, I added this one, corporate greed. Uh, and you can, you know, like you can tell me that's that's not actually how this works. Or you can tell me, you, you know, what I want to hear, but I don't know what you're actually going to say because we haven't really broke this down all that much. Um, is there a... Okay, so obviously we have inflation. Uh, the, the the easiest thing to do is I go to the grocery store and uh, a package of Oreos or a uh, you know like I'm just gonna say unhealthy things right now because that's in, in my head right now. I'm kind of like oh yeah, I could go for some Oreos right now. Milk is milk is more expensive. A package of Oreos, everything is more. Maybe most everything is more expensive. And then to get to the grocery store, I have to fill up my car with gas. Gas is more expensive, um, and that's inflation, right? That's the easiest way. <laughs> like yeah, no, that's right. I mean, if you think about 
yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, the prices of things going up. So you can, I mean, there's maybe another layer to like, why? Like, you know, there's the same amount of stuff. So why suddenly is there more money chasing the same amount of stuff? That maybe is why. But, but the problem is there isn't the same amount. Correct. Of, the stuff might be the same, but the amount of the, so there's less Oreo cookies in the aisle to attain. Though I, I don't re- recall ever going to the grocery store and going, dang, I couldn't get the package of Oreos. Um, but that's kind of the point too, right? Like we raise the price of the Oreo cookies, therefore not as many people will buy the Oreo cookies, right? I mean, yeah. Well, it's supply chain issues fed into that for a while. We seem to be mostly through that now. But yeah, when it's when you don't have as many things, everybody's squabbling over the same smaller numbers, so that makes it go up. Or they're or they suddenly have more money, so they're fighting. You know, they're getting more things, so we're fighting with each other over dire- the same stuff. I directly correlate supply issue supply chain issues with. People's ability to buy a PlayStation 5, which has been <laughs> out for some time now, but it was really, really hard to get one, and then it was pretty hard to get one, and now it's kind of hard to get one. So it was, it was supply chain issues, it was really bad, and then it was pretty bad, and now it's kind of bad. Uh, when when anyone can go to any of the stores around here and pick up a PlayStation 5, we will have solved the supply chain issue, I think, but I don't even know. Um, I don't even want to get into like the the motor vehicle industry and the yeah. the chips that they have you know they have fleets of cars somewhere i don't know where they're putting these cars that just don't have a certain microchip or microchips and then therefore they can't sell these cars new um you know we if my brother who's a mechanic would say just go back to old school where we don't have chips and then i can still work on the cars but anyway so um is there so I guess the conversation here would be like, are we we're we're fighting inflation without setting off a recession? Is that yeah, is well, that a, right? I mean, I guess in in general, inflation happens when the economy heats up, right? With if there's lots of spending, then the economy heats up, and then we get um, higher prices. And so, if from a normal okay, first pu- of yeah. all, let's explain economy heats heats up. What is what do you mean? Yeah, so like I mean, all of us are doing jobs, doing stuff, producing things. And if uh, and if that if a lot of that is happening, then that's the economy you know, like heating up. There's more of it, and when the economy heats up, it, it wants workers. And if it can't find workers, then you have uh, yeah that tends to lead to like wages going up, which leads to prices going up. I mean, so it's all like a circle here. So yeah. you say the economy heats up in terms of one thing is like everybody wants stuff. Yep. But then to, we have to make the stuff. And we have to hire the workers to make the stuff, and then we come full circle. So that, but, um, and how is this leading to? I guess I want to say inflation, but I also want to say recession. I don't know which way to go. Which way should we go here? Yeah. So I guess if you're if you're worried about, it's like, oh wow, these prices are rising. We want to this cool this whole situation down. Uh, the way you do it, you know, broadly thinking how like a Federal Reserve would do it would be to make it a little more expensive to borrow money, and then there's less money available to to buy new things, to bring new businesses on, online. Um, and that, and also all the companies that supply those new things you would buy to build the economy bigger don't get those sales, so it kind of just cools things down. But, right, so as you raise interest rates, it slows down the economy and should lower the inflation. But that's when a recession comes, right, if we're slowing down the economy and not hiring as many people and not buying as many things to drive more economic growth, then we don't need as many workers. People get laid off. Obviously, we haven't really seen low on high unemployment yet. But are we? It yeah. seems like we're almost trying to start a recession by doing that. Like we're 
the 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 worker i guess i want to say like the atmosphere for workers has been fairly good i would say as odd as it sounds because at the beginning of the pandemic everyone you know a lot of people lost their jobs a lot of people had uh businesses had to change their business models to some degree other businesses literally closed um but since then as as things have gotten back uh we see a lot of workers uh forming unions we see a lot of workers the great uh what was it called the where people just quit their jobs to go to, I forget what we yeah, call it. Yeah, great resignation. Resignation, think, yeah. right. Um, and we saw that. We saw you, uh, and then their ability to, you know, I'm going to quit this job, take this other job because it pays more. Um, but how, it seems like what we're doing now is going to stem that. Is the government working against the worker here? That's the, that would be a, a weird thing to do, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think in a way, yes, when you've got, I mean, it's sort of like if you're a worker and you can name your price and go anywhere you want because the economy is is really cooking, um, then it's really easy to fight for things like, oh, I want a, I want a union. You can't push me around. I know I can go hop jobs whenever I want. Um, that's very different than if there's 100 applicants for every job and you're just glad to have a position, right, that looks very different. And- yeah, the supply chain, the supply and demand, there's, there's two ways. There's a supply and demand for workers. There's a supply and demand for things we buy. And right now the the supply for workers is high and the supply for things is low. And there is that the balancing act we're yep. trying to play with? Yeah, here? and it's weird, right? Because you like wage inflation is great. Like we'd all love to make more money. That's awesome. Yeah. Like if we could just all have only wage inflation and keep all the prices for the stuff we buy the same, that's like the dream, right? So the problem is when you fight price inflation, you also maybe kind of fight wage inflation too. So it's sort of like, yeah, the, you know, you got your your raise blocked because they threw water on the economy right when they were about to pay you more. Is there but, is there a missing factor here that we just don't bring up and it's quote unquote stock market and and because I, 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 I don't know anything yeah. about the stock market. I mean, there's we tried to have a conversation, a very brief conversation about 401ks uh, a couple of days ago. And I was like, I don't like I don't even like a lot of people don't even have 401ks. A lot of people don't even have stock in the stock market. So. But is that is that a big factor here? Just like how the stock market plays into all this? Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, let's imagine that you're saving for retirement. You live in Thailand, right? You could buy local stocks, or you can buy stocks in America. Guess what? Stocks investing in America is a good deal. We have, you know, so there's lots of investment funds that fund the United States because we have a good, like, a good economy, a good regulatory environment, but you can't steal money in the, in, like as easily compared to other countries. So as we attract investment, that causes a bunch of economic growth in the United States because the financing is attractive to folks all over the world. Is it, is it getting more attractive or less attractive right now that, that financing? Because the stock market is, I don't, I don't, I I don't pay a ton of attention. I only see it when it, when it's a record high or a, or a giant loss, right? Like, and I'm just, and I just go, eh, like whatever, like I'm going to come on the radio and do the thing. But, um, it seems to me that it's been going down lately it i don't even know what it is the dow jones or whatever i throw those weird terms that i don't know anything about but that would that would be a time to get in on this right like because it always goes up yeah i mean it's kind of weird it's almost backwards from how you'd think because when interest rates are really high we're like oh man borrowing so expensive i can't get a house now but on the like from an investor side if you've got money overseas and you want to invest in the united states you're you're getting that interest rate that's like that's payday for you Right. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden the stock market doesn't look so hot because I can get, you know, 7% or whatever, you know, I can get more percent from money I lend out. So yeah. like it, so in fact, the U S looks good from an investment standpoint because we can attract dollars with a higher interest rate. The stock market but, seems like the evil, like 
like middle brother or something like the evil villain in all of this. Like if we just had the worker side of this and the supply chain, the supply, the supply, like the, the keeping keeping the goods on the on the shelves, then then we'd be better. I guess the stock market seems to, to we 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 actually got to appease this guy too, the stock market character. Yeah, I mean it just it makes things complicated when everything's so huge, right? We have enormous corporations with tons of layers of bureaucracy that you know fight regulatory capture. I mean, these are kind of things that, you know, if I've got a little shop around the corner, there's no way I can tell Congress to like, I can't boss Congress around. Right. So I don't have the clout. So you have to get all the little shops together, but even there, it's probably not enough. Um, and you got to agree. So that's not easy too. So, all right. 608-785-7914 is the talking text slide. We'll get to your text in a minute here, but we got to take a break. Scott's comment coming up. Brad doing the news. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line if you want to get in here. John Robinson is an associate professor of business at Viterbo. Oh, I did forget, John, because we – I just – I didn't know. We're going to do this next week. Viterbo's got a new president, Rick Tritely. Is that <laughs> how you say his name right? Um, and you're inaugurating him next week. So you got to – are you like – ironing your best suit so you can go to this <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, the ball and all that good stuff. Yeah, there's, there's going to be a bunch of events on campus. It's going to be fun. Um, and and he's been the interim vice president you, or president for you know you know how long at like Glenna Temple. Before she that, was, yeah, yeah, no, he's yeah he's been at it for a little while, but you know I guess it's sort of in, in stages. But yeah, we had a an a yeah. It's, um, so that's happening next week. I just want to bring it up because I I think I I didn't know anyone's name, but I. I didn't. I didn't exactly say who was running. Uh, who is the the czar at Viterbo, as I like to put it. Um, anyway, we're talking about. We're, we're trying to solve, at least maybe define it. If you want to solve it, feel free. <laughs> can you can you solve the inflation crisis? Because I don't think anyone cares about anything else except like make the crap that I'm buying cheaper. Like, is okay. First of all, is the crap that we're buying going to ever be cheaper? Like in a, uh, almost definitely no, and that's on purpose. You know, the. So I can inflation solving is easy. It's just that the cure is worse than the disease. Right? If we crank interest rates up to twenty percent, inflation will be done. Right? But then the entire economy is nuked, and we're all miserable and sad. We did that. Okay. Right? How is the economy nuked? Well, so if everything costs twenty percent a year to borrow, no one can borrow any money to do anything. Right? Everybody's business is going to have an incredible challenge doing just regular everyday operations. Everything's going to be cash only transactions. It's just it'll cause a very large recession and everybody's out of work so they don't have money and it just sort of spirals out of control um i mean we sort of i mean that was sort of like in the early 80s right when they were like oh we're gonna do 12 15 percent and you know interest rates to fight inflation okay so and the interest rates are they affecting businesses more than they're affecting regular people i mean it's everybody because but, i know yeah. i understand people yeah. are own own businesses but like in terms of um because not everyone is borrowing to buy a car or a house those are the things I think of when I think borrowing. I don't know. What else would I borrow for you besides know, property? I mean, you make a good point. Like, let's imagine you just bought a giant house and got a decent interest rate on it last summer. And then you're never going to borrow any again for the rest of your life. Well, inflation is a friend, right? Then it's like, oh, fine. You know, that, that you know, $300,000 loan I have, please, like, let, let me pay that off with a couple Big Macs worth of money, right? Mm -hmm. Bring in the, the helicopter, the money in, because it just it just makes it easier for paying my loan off, right? So that particular person is happy if there's a ton of inflation, but the rest of us, you know, the, anyone else after anyone that. that wants to borrow is facing huge interest rates, and right, and any businesses that want to borrow to like hire more people or to increase production lines, 
they're all out of luck because okay. they can't afford to do anything. So it, it doesn't hurt everybody the same. It has different effects. Um, is is raising interest rates meant to go after businesses a little bit more than is it, right? Is that the I, and yeah. I say go after, but I don't I don't know yeah, how to no, put no, it a better way. I mean, right? If you're right, if you're trying to slow the economy down, which you know when you're trying to fight inflation, that's usually sort of what. And when you going say on. slow the economy now, we mean like. People stop buying crap, right? Is yeah, yeah. Companies stop buying stuff. People stop buying stuff. Yeah, just like stop buying stuff, and then we get uh, to keep the pressure on prices to be lower. Yeah. So if you try to fight the the impulse to to buy a lot of things on credit, especially, and uh, yeah. All right, we're getting calls. So if you want to throw those headphones on, um, they might they, these guys might ask better questions than me. Uh, all right, well, let's see. Let's, Eric from Sparta is a calls every day and also has very interesting calls, so we'll see. Nice. Eric, Eric, go ahead. You're on the air. Uh, by the way, not every day because you never ask my call. But anyway, has any of you guys ordered your electric car yet? That's my question. Okay. Um, I, I looked at them. They're like, uh, the one that I want costs like sixty grand, Eric, and apparently it's going to cost me more to borrow that money, so probably not going to buy that electric car tomorrow. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a great example when you think about it, it's a big check, but electric cars look like they're cheaper to own long term than internal combustion because you don't have to worry, you know, the transmissions don't break on you and, you know, the, there's not as much complexity in the inner working. So it's sort of like, all right, so I, I pay a bunch of money up front to get something that's going to last longer, but if interest rates are too high, I can't, that, the math, that math doesn't pencil out. So. Okay. So neither of us are buying an electric car anytime soon here. Uh, Nate's calling in, or Nathan, go ahead, you're on the air. Hey, I just wanted to make a couple of comments here. You know, the thing is with the uh, supply chain, it's kind of the, uh, the, I think it's the Congress that came out with the supply chain. You know, they did pass this law with this 25% tariffs on steel. Uh, chips have a 50% tariff. Washers and dryers have uh, 30%. It's, just, it's on a scale. It goes up. So what we're seeing is the supply chain is being fueled by these tariffs. And then nobody talks about a trade war because they have, retaliatory retaliatory tariffs and i'm in a business where we import and it's like unbelievable you know um i don't think people are realizing where this pain is coming from which has to go back to the 2018 uh make america great build it back better back then you're seeing the result of it the pandemic kind of took us kind of by the way the other thing is is with interest rates nobody cares they got a 20 percent credit card they just pay that every month they don't even think about it but uh Money, the interest rates go up to pull the money back into the banks to fund the government. Or, you know, they got to pull the money back in somehow to get money. So if you look at the Depression, for instance, how that was, the banks had all the money. They wouldn't loan anything out. Country goes broke. That's the other way. So, All right. Hey, um, thanks for the call, Nathan. Uh, man, he just – I think he did like 15 subjects there. Yeah. Um, I mean, trade war and build back better, which we didn't – I want to say one of those we didn't pass, not not trade war, but we it was NAFTA, and then it was, I don't know, the when, during the Trump administration they named it something that isn't as easy to say as NAFTA, so I forget it. Uh, there's that's one conversation, and then the money we can we can talk about. I don't know if you know anything about the trade. I, I think the idea here is to have things like our washer and dryer built in the U.S. versus buying that from China, but if we have tariffs, I don't know. Yeah, I mean this is a. He's talking about the Depression where, I mean, that was a big part of the lead up to the Depression was having a really big tariff. And then, you know, that's great as long as people don't retaliate and put up their own walls. And then if we're all walled off, it it causes a bunch of problems. So it's, you know, like it's really about a negotiation, right? If you're going to 
put giant tariffs on our stuff, but we can't just let you push us around. I mean, this is like countries negotiating with each other and sort of, you know, pushing and pulling a little bit. But in general, if there's a bunch of tariffs on everything, it's just hard to get stuff done, and that's not good for the economy broadly. But we can't just let people throw tariffs on whatever they want and just ignore it and pretend like it's fine. All right, so a lot of the a lot of what you're talking about seems to me to be a bottom up approach, and I don't know. I I told you this before the show, so I don't know if you've had time to think about this because uh, we haven't even really gotten into. And I don't have any specific numbers, but let's just say corporations are making record profits. Let's just say that in general. There's, mm-hmm. um, and is there so when we go bottoms up approach, that starts with people like me and you making. Okay, first of all, things are harder to buy. Things are more expensive, but also now the government is raising interest rates, which makes things for me harder to buy. And you're talking even small businesses for harder to buy. Is there a top-down version of this? Do other countries try this? Do is our country going to try this? Where like we start at the corporation and work our way down to the to the little guy? Yeah, I mean, I guess that would have to be. You know, is there a way to get really large organizations to stop spending on ways that don't trickle down? to regular folks. And that's hard because um, so many of us work in organizations that then go on to supply. I mean, think about train, right? Not every chiller that comes out of that plant is a little one you put in your like window, right? Some of them, we've seen them on trucks going through town, right? So if we get big orgs to stop buying enormous chillers, well, great. I mean, that's, I mean, there will be more top down, but still that's going to affect, I mean, if I'm a welder at train, I don't want them cutting off the interest in our, you know, building spanning chillers, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you can imagine, uh, gosh, what would, you know, how do we set it up so that rather than us trying to tamp down our demand on things that we want, instead it's somehow funneled towards just large corporate purposes, purchases. Um, I don't know that that's ever been tried. I mean, has anybody put any energy into trying to like direct this in certain ways it doesn't feel like well it wouldn't be tried here because those corporations fund political campaigns so yeah um, but <clears throat> but if if let's just go exxon's making record profits gas is at an all-time high or was not anymore but if and then exxon uses those record profits to buy shares back so to speak and mm-hmm. and this is getting out of my wheelhouse completely but is there a way okay you actually exxon you have to use those record profits to, I don't know, you, you can't just rake in the money. You have to, so we would cap prices on stuff. I mean, I, there might be a, you're like, so you can't make gas more than $2 a gallon because you're clearly making record profits off this stuff. I mean, what would that do? Any ideas? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's I think the, the challenge is um, coming up with a policy that sounds like that, that's flexible enough to respond. I mean, things just change fast, right? So if we're waiting on Congress to get together and figure out which prices are capped and which ones aren't capped, I mean, it'll, it'll be you know two years old before we even know what's going on. So you'd, you'd want to have some kind of system that uh, that does it more automatically than that. And uh, yeah, I, then that's difficult to design. But government works too slow, in other words, right? right? And it, and then it wouldn't there would be retaliatory efforts here if we took a corporation cap their profits cap their because then they would just they'd offset because they have to maintain their stock shares right isn't that kind of the so to if you're going to cap their profits then they're going to what lay off workers or uh sell i don't know yeah, I they mean, would, not necessarily but i mean something that would probably definitely happen is if we think about right if i'm an investor and i want to you know invest in some businesses do I really want to invest in the business that is being actively sort of reduced in scale and scope, right? We're, you know, if we're trying to block it, 
from making a bunch of money. Well, as a, you know, if I have a sovereign wealth fund and I'm in Norway and I'm trying to send a bunch of money to America, well, let me put money not there. I'll invest in a different industry that isn't getting picked on, right? Yeah. Um, All right. So uh, let's see. Caller, who's this? Hello. Hello? Yeah, you're on the air. Who's this? Uh, this is Marie. Hey, Marie, you, you got a question and for John? I have, I have a, a statement and a question for you. Um, right now, because of the interest rates being so bad, it's actually beneficial for me now to pull money out and pay my house off than it is to leave it in because you're not making anything. But, you know, we all keep pulling money out of the market. What's going to happen? The I mean, everything's going to mm-hmm. crash. We're going to end up in back in 29. It's going to happen all over again. Yeah, I mean. But it makes sense for people to do that. Right. I mean, a typical return in the stock market is like 7 to 8% annually. Again, it rubber bands like crazy. But if you're just like guessing, you'd be about that. Well, if, if there's a 7.5% or 7% mortgage rate, it doesn't feel very different anymore, right? I mean, it used to be there's a huge gap between your mortgage interest rate and your stock market return. So, um, yeah, you're right. right. The math and now it's, it's a little different. It's the other way around. And so we're going to end up in a 29 recession because everybody's going to stop putting in. They're going to pull back and put it into cash. They're going to start paying things off. And we're going to be back in 29 like we had the, you know, the big recession. Well, we're going to have a crash again. It's heading that way very fast. And the other question I have that you talked about electric cars, what happens? Now, I know California is saying they have to have electric, all electric by 2030. They're already saying we're straining the electric grid. What's going to happen when all these people are plugging in their cars to get their cars to run? What's that going to do to the electric grid? And I'm sorry, but I'm now, it, my husband passed away last year. I'm my own, myself in my house. My light bill's $200 a month. What's going to happen if I'm supposed to plug a car in, too? Yeah, I mean, these uh, these are challenges. Gosh, I'm, especially when we look at the, all the wildfires and something that you know that was happening out in California, directly kind of stress on the power grid, and then we're going to throw a whole bunch of demand onto it. I mean, people are putting solar panels on, sort of do, rolling their own grid, too, so there's sort of like this weird tension there. Um, but, um, yeah, I guess we have to hope that it gets, you know, that regulation applies and that, you know, maybe once burned, twice shy, and they force it to be safe. But you know, I, that's a good question. We hear that here all the time too. Like in the in the middle of a, a heat spell, turn your air conditioner lower during peak hours. Like we, it's not it's not any different than in California when they're saying, uh, "Hey, turn your air conditioner down during." We don't talk about that part of you know the. Also, like the the uh, the the grid in California is like privately owned, so they got to maintain their profits. It's not like a publicly. It's not, you know, the government doesn't run the electrical grid over there. So they, they also have to make their profits, Marie. So, <laughs> And there's a weird thing. That, I mean, electric cars can kind of help with this in a strange way because you can leave them plugged in. And actually, you know, some places they'll draw off electric car batteries to feed the grid during those peak hours. And then, you know, depending on the utility, you can like kind of become your own power broker. Buy, house, buy high, sell low with your car. Weird, but we might see that. The, the whole point of electric cars is to stem the amount of greenhouse gases we're putting in the atmosphere because we're destroying the earth. So just getting, just, we, we always kind of forget that part. Uh, 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. John Robinson, or John, uh, yeah, John Robinson is in here with me. We got to take one more break. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. A couple minutes left here with John Robinson. 
Associate Professor of Business at Viterbo University. Um, John, I appreciate you coming in. We did we solve? I don't think we solved inflation. How do we solve inflation? Is there a easy? There's no easy fix. But do you think what the government is doing by raising interest rates is going to solve that, or is there is it going to have a lot of repercussions? It should help. I mean, the 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 worry is, I mean, can you do enough to stop the inflation without causing a big recession? The worst part of this conversation to you, or this this act, is that. Everything we're buying in the store, corporations go, oh, you are willing to pay that much for a pound of hamburger or whatever it is, whatever you want to, we're buying every day. The prices for that stuff are never coming down, right? Like That's just like the way that things work. Right. Nope. Um, and in my head, this is a giant scheme by these companies because they are all monopolies for, for the most part. It's a giant scheme by these companies to uh, raise prices, blame inflation because Democrats aren't pro business in the in the eyes of whatever they're more pro people than pro business and it's going to hurt business if we if we do that and therefore they're punishing democrats that's that's the uh that's the very left-wing way of taking this <laughs> right right and I, I know you don't want to get political but um but yeah just solving the if we have if we have these corporations making record profits then why are they raising prices that's the just the one thing that baffles me yeah i mean i guess because they can a little bit i mean it's in an environment where all the prices are going up, people don't notice as much when the prices go up. So even if maybe your company is in a position where they wouldn't have to raise them or wouldn't have to raise them as much as they have, it's kind of an opportunity to you know, push a price increase now when you don't pay as much a reputational cost to it. I mean, think about Coca-Cola and it was five cents forever. Who wants to be the person that is the, you know, the first corporate executive that ditches the five cent Coke or like the dollar fifty hot dogs at Costco? Arizona said they're not raising the price of their can of tea that has 99 cents on it. They said the the CEO there said, nope, we're not doing it. It's going to stay. You know, Arizona tea, you know what I'm <laughs> yeah, talking about? Yeah. That, that guy has literally come out and said he's not raising the price of Arizona tea, though I think in Europe it costs like two ninety nine, so but their prices are di- like their their money is different there but like when it's 99 cents here it is it is higher over there so um yeah just like in my in my head i just don't i can't wrap my head around like if we're having record profits and then there's literally uh i did you know we don't have a ton of time to get into it but uh one ceo did say he's been praying for inflation because it's an excuse to jack up prices so like that's just like infuriating to me and it seems like completely obvious that that's what's going on yeah i mean they they talk about rockets and feathers that you know prices shoot up and then they kind of float back down maybe you know because there's tons of incentive to get them up there to cover the new expense level you know right if i have to pay a bunch of my workers more if it costs me more to supply my stuff i got to cover that so i shoot back up but then if it goes back down again well, you know, I'm not in a hurry to do that. I'm going to wait till you know, my competitors move first. You know, it's kind of like, you know, we're playing chicken with each other because you want to undercut your competitor, but uh, but not in a hurry. So, yeah, that's... Uh, well, on the backside of this is always the thing that I know least about is the stock market and the profit shares and um, whatever we do on the front side, whether it's raising prices, raising worker uh, pay, uh, you know, because workers have benefited over the last two years of the pandemic. Uh, as we come out of it now, I would say at the beginning, it wasn't great for workers at all in any regard um, or businesses for that matter. But that we're raising prices, raising worker pay. We got to offset that somehow and please the quote unquote stock market. We have to please that. <laughs> so, Right. So, yeah. Hard to do all those at once. So you can start pick and choose, I guess. Um, and then we the. The pecking order there seems to be, well, let's please the stock market because, you know, 
who who invest in the stock market people who i i don't know i don't know why we would let's please the stock market and then we'll please corporations and we're going to it looks like right now we're going to um go after workers and businesses like it's this is going to hurt small businesses maybe as much as anyone yeah i mean right it's interest yeah, it's, rates and yep, stuff like yep that. it's difficult across the board so yeah i think i mean it, it corporate executives are most directly responsible for the value of their companies and boards of directors hold them accountable for you know being successful at it and so i think it's really easy to pay attention to but i mean it's also true if, i mean if i've got a company and i'm having trouble staffing my frontline workers you know I, I have a sustainability concern and sometimes you know that might lead to short-term profits as people are sort of covering for each other but um every you know you might know that it's not long-term sustainable and be really hoping for the time when you don't have these you know a big profit margin because you're unsustainably having everybody work tons of hours or you know covering at rapid speed that kind of stuff there's just 30 seconds to go but uh, how much of this is businesses trying to make up for losses during the pandemic oh yeah tough to know did it get you yeah probably some but yeah i mean you mean it was tough right it was certainly tough but you know there's also all of the you know the support the businesses got during the early days of the pandemic um and and sometimes it was really helpful and sometimes it kind of depended on the business right so i don't know yeah i mean Business has got a lot of support, and then I got a $1,200 check. 